Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. Unless your birthday falls on April 15th, then that probably has no relevance to you. But in the finance world, it's pretty important. A lot of people and businesses dread it, while others look forward to it quite eagerly. So what day are we talking about? Tax day. Yeah. Was that dramatic enough? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the tax filing deadline. And in our industry, it's actually not the tax side of it that's such a great idea, but it's kind of the cutoff for those Roth contributions for prior years. Um, It is coming up, so make sure you have it marked down if you haven't done your taxes yet. If this is your first time to do your taxes or it seems like you never know where to start, we're going to go over some basics of how to do your taxes, what things you need to have prepared. Um, We're not accountants. We're yeah. not tax advisors, so this is not the end-all, be-all. Full disclosure. Please, please, consult with your tax professional on your specific situation. We're just trying to give you kind of a, a broad view of what to make sure you have on hand and what processes you might encounter during that. Yeah. So, taxes, not a sexy topic at all, so mm-hmm. we're going to try and do our, our best to, you know, kind of keep everybody uh, awake. awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no joke. Uh, but yeah, so to start every year brings a lot of reporting mm-hmm. from employers, banks, investment companies, and just about every other business out there to file their own taxes and to provide the proper documentation and paperwork to their employees and stakeholders so that they can do their taxes. Yeah, these documents are going to start becoming available usually mid to late January. The deadline for some of these is the end of January, but some of them have later deadlines. So just be mm-hmm. aware of that. Uh, depends on what kind. So W-2s, that's the one you get from an employer where you're getting a paycheck where they withhold taxes for you. So yeah. that one's the most common and it usually is going to be sent out by January 31st because that is the deadline for it. There are a whole bunch of different types of 1099 forms. Some of those are related to employment. So if you're a contractor, you'll Mm -hmm. get a 1099. There are also 1099s if you have investment accounts um, where you either took income or you made money. You've got gains in there. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a 1099 from there. Yeah. So just to kind of break that down. So W-2, you'll get earnings uh, for for your job, right? So salary and and that kind of thing. And uh, it'll tell you the tax withheld. Uh, 1099 NEC is for for contractors. The 1099 R's are for distributions mainly from specifically from retirement accounts. That's what the R is for. Right, exactly. And then 1099 B INT and DIV stands uh, are for uh, capital earnings, interest, and dividends. And those are for those after tax, not an IRA. They're called non qualified accounts. They don't get any special tax treatment. So those are the ones you have to ante up every year on. Mm-hmm. This year, specifically, though, if you're prepping, you better have that child tax credit information too. If you had children, if you have children that you got that in advance, mm-hmm. they did send you a form for that. So make sure you're looking for that if you're filing your taxes for 2021 specifically. And then if you own a home, you're going to get a statement from the mortgage that has some information that you need as well. And also be on the lookout uh, for the these letters that are being sent out by the government. I didn't put this mm-hmm. on here, but uh, regarding the stimulus checks and all yes, of that stuff. Those are all really important. For most, for the most part, you're not going to have anything due for them. But if you do not report them, it will ding you for a review. Yep. So if you don't put on there that you received them and they know you did, you're going to get dinged. It's going to get rejected. and You're going to have to refile. So make sure you're paying attention to those and taking those to your tax preparer or filing those if you do it yourself like I do. Yeah. Um, or, if some, you oh, didn't, or if you didn't get your stimulus check and you should have, then that mm-hmm. might be something, definitely be something to consult your tax advisor about. Yeah. Other than that, there are a bunch of different things that you 
need to make sure you have organized. So if you have a business or you get paid 1099 income, make sure you've got your receipts organized and handy and that you've got all of your expenses lined out to give to your tax professional. If you've had a lot of medical expenses, make sure you have all those receipts organized. Go to your pharmacy and get a list of all your prescription expenses for the year. Go to your doctor and get a a statement from them as well. If you do charitable donations, make sure you've got those set aside. Yeah, my church uh, sends out like this letter that tells you know mm-hmm. how much you've given that kind of thing. So uh, that's that's definitely something to to be on the lookout as well. If you paid tuition, uh, if you got funds from grants or fellowships, you'll probably receive a ten ninety nine or I'm sorry ten ninety eight T. So make sure to get that as well. And if you've paid student loans, then a ten ninety eight E will tell you the the interest that you've paid on them. If you're paying for daycare, make sure you get that statement. If you use someone who does daycare inside their home, really you just need their tax ID number, but it's great if they will provide you a statement as well. Um, But make sure you've got that handy as well. There is one form that a lot of people expect, but they don't get. And so we do want to cover that one also. It's called a 5498. That is for IRA contributions. So if you added money to your IRA, you do have to report it, even if you don't get a tax benefit. So if you put into a Roth IRA, there's no current year tax benefit to you, but you still have to report it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get the form that you would report that with that like to prove it until much later in the year. Usually it's somewhere around April or May at the earliest. So make sure that you've looked at your records and, and verified with your advisor how much you contributed. The reason they can't produce that form early is because you can add to your year or add to your IRA, excuse me, as a prior year contribution now. So if you had not fully funded your Roth for 2021 and you haven't filed your taxes yet, you can go ahead and make that contribution prior to filing your taxes and it count as a prior year contribution. Correct, correct. Now, if you uh, happen to have investments in a company that does provide a 5498, uh, the one that shows the contributions, prior to April 15th, then know that that is a preliminary mm-hmm. uh, It's not the document. official one. Right. It's not the final one because you can still make contributions uh, up until April 15th. So once you've gotten all those documents together and Oof. you've organized them, take a breath, we got drink a little that. wine. Yeah. Hopefully you're still awake. <laughs> well, that, that was yeah. some pretty ni- mind numbing. I hate when we go there. into a lot of like jargon. And yeah. so we're going to give you a second to, re- <laughs> to kind of collect yourself here. But then what do you do next? So how do you file? You can use a tax preparer. You can use tax software. There are some free filing options out there. Usually that's going to be From the affected. IRS. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be affected by your income. So you may not qualify to do that. You can pull the forms yourself off the internet if you want. I would not recommend it. Confident about it. <laughs> I, I've looked at those forms. I used to be a bookkeeper and I thought about doing my own taxes one year because someone told me I shouldn't. They were like, oh, you should do it yourself. And I was like, okay, sure. This was back before TurboTax was an option. I'm showing my age. And I was like, uh, no absolutely not there's like an 80 page book to fill out five forms oh my God. and that 80 page book is what tells you how to fill out the five forms right and so i was like no nope, i'm good i'm out i personally am a TurboTax user because my situation's not particularly difficult and i mm-hmm. like to do my own but yeah. you know certainly as long as you have a qualified preparer and you've got all your ducks in a row with those forms that we talked about you should be set yeah, yeah. So depending on your level of comfort, there's a good uh, amount of options there, as well as you know, if you are in that lower income side and would like some help, there's definitely some uh, some options there as far as free filing for you. So mm-hmm. make sure to ask about that as well. And don't forget, it's not just about federal. You want to make sure you file your state as well. 
here's some kind of important considerations just to keep in mind as you're going through your taxes. First of all, standard deduction versus itemized deduction. What's what's better? It depends. <laughs> I love it when we can't give straight answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in most cases, uh, in the past few years, they actually increased the standardized deduction um, for an individual. It's at twelve five fifty for a married couple. It's like twenty five thousand. Yeah. So, um, just understand that you have the ability to itemize. If your itemized deductions add up to more than the standard deduction then that will be the best one for you. Yeah. So you have to do the math. If you're you're you know, if you're in your twenties and you don't really have any write offs, you don't have any kids, things like that, then probably the standard deduction is gonna be where you're at. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, between our charitable giving, our child tax credits and all the other different things that we do, we almost always need to itemize for, to get our best um, yeah. refund. Yeah, and I was gonna say I would say for the most part, unless you got a lot of medical expenses over this past year, or if you have a business and again, lots of expenses from that, then for for most folks, the standard deduction is probably going to be best. So there's a couple of terms that I've noticed in our, in our um, plan here today that I do want to go over here because I don't know that everybody understands them. When you're talking about taxes and different things that you get a discount for on your taxes, there's the word credit that you'll see, and then there's the word deduction that you see. Mm-hmm. It's important to understand the impact of those to know which one you want to claim because there are times where you have a choice mm-hmm. on how you're going to claim it. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So a deduction basically means that it's a certain amount that's being reduced from your taxable income. Mm -hmm. A credit is right off the top. So if you make $50,000 and there's a $5,000 credit that you're eligible for, then you are right at $45,000. That's where you're starting. Mm-hmm. When you get to the deductions, it's lowering your tax amount. So yeah. credits are more beneficial to you. The child tax credit has a greater impact than maybe your charitable giving deduction does mm-hmm. to your overall tax picture. So any of those credits that you can be eligible for, make sure you're getting them. Oh, that's great. Uh, and then some other kind of considerations basically uh, come in the form of yeah, th- what deductions and, and credits are you eligible for, mm-hmm. right? So we talked about, uh, you talked about the, the child tax credit earlier. There's also the savers credit, uh, charitable donations, adoption expense credits. One that we benefited from this year was the one that's related to doing things that are help you go green or whatever, efficiency, energy efficiency. Yeah. We bought new windows. We were able to write that off, which helped a ton. So. All right. You know, if you've done something like that, you've gotten some sort of um, one of those solar panels, something like that. Those are something you want to keep your receipts on and make sure you claim. Yes. And lastly, contributions to retirement plans and IRAs. Uh, Specifically those traditional IRAs if we're talking about getting a deduction. Right. Exactly. And there are some income requirements to meet and things like that. So make sure you're working in conjunction with your CPA or your tax preparer and your advisor when you're deciding what you're going to do there. As you're working through that and got past, okay, standard versus itemized and through deductions and that kind of thing, what are some other tips that we could uh, give our, our listeners? Max out your contributions for the prior year if you haven't already and you can. Mm-hmm. Once a year is gone, it's gone. And there are limits on how much you can contribute, whether it's your IRA or your employer plan. So if you've got money sidelined and you get to tax time, before you file those taxes, consider going ahead and maxing those out so that you can not miss that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And did you switch jobs uh, and now your income might have 
grown substantially, well, mm-hmm. make sure to check your eligibility to IRA yes. contributions because that's a huge game changer that could take away your ability to deduct that contribution if it's a traditional IRA. Or to take it at all or to use it at all because we had a client just last year, they're in the military and they got a huge signing bonus that we didn't know was coming. Mm-hmm. And if they hadn't communicated with us before the end of the year, they would have had a penalty right. because they weren't even eligible to contribute to their Roth anymore because of that signing bonus. And it was a once one-time thing mm-hmm. But it is important that you pay attention to your income every single year, especially if you're nearing those limits, income limits for the traditional IRA or the Roth to make sure you don't end up with a penalty on that. Yes, exactly. And if your income is too high, then you've got the opportunity to make a backdoor Roth contribution. And uh, there's some real intricacies re- yes, to that. So don't try to do it on your own. Yes, it could get really tricky. So make sure to to have your ducks in a row whenever you're you're going through that. And then if you're doing some, uh, some, this is kind of some year end planning tips, mm-hmm. you know, make sure to maximize your low tax bracket for conversions, right? So if this was a low income year for you, yes. you may have the opportunity to convert money that it was pre-tax to after tax. That way you can keep growing that money and then have some tax free income in retirement. So to kind of expand on that, if you had a traditional IRA and you chose to convert some of those funds, what you're doing is you're paying taxes on it now. The amount that you convert, it's like you made that extra. So if you converted $5,000, then it's like you made $5,000 more this year. But what it does is it allows that $5,000 now to grow as a Roth, which means that all of it, plus all of its growth later on, will be tax-free to you. So that's a great tool in lower earning years to kind of what we call fill up your bracket where Mm -hmm. you're not going to pay a lot more taxes on it but allow you to reposition it for a better growth vehicle in the long run. Yeah. So, for example, let's say that you're usually in a 22% tax bracket, but uh, this year may be a lower income tax year for you. So, maybe you're in the 12 now. Well, you can uh, take advantage of that lower tax bracket and, say, convert you know, $10,000, $15,000 over to Roth and pay a lower tax amount on that. And it's important to note you would need to do that before the year end. That's not something you can do in another year. So, right. you'd need to plan ahead on that. And if you typically get a big old return, use that to boost some emergency savings or to make an IRA contribution. Don't just let it kind of disappear for you. So we're getting low on time. So I want to just kind of finish up my two cents real quick. Tax time can be intimidating for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be. So start with some basic understanding. We hope we've given you some terms to understand a little better or helped you get a little better organized. But the worst that can happen is that you work with a professional and they help you with that, right? You just get some help if you don't feel confident yourself. But we hope we've given you a little bit to work with. And do you typically get a return? Plan what you're going to do with it ahead of time yes. so it doesn't burn a hole in your wallet. You know, we run into people all the time. They're like, you know, we just uh, decided to just to do something crazy with it. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, uh, let's plan ahead next time. That is it for our show today. We hope that you learned a lot and we invite you to tune in next time as we dive deeper into charitable donations and how they could be a great strategy in your financial plan. Thanks for listening to the Talking Sense podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors. And that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. General Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.